Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we're here to talk about bubbles. Bubbles! Bubbles. Bubbles. Oh, okay. Well, or maybe just a sing- singular bubble. Ah, oh, that's right. One bubble. We're talking about Bubble the Movie. Yeah. Um, but first, you know, we're going to hit you with our usual banter, a little bit of anime news, and then we'll unleash the bubbly meat and potatoes on you. No. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no you like, don't like that one? Not like that. <laughs> I like it. We're keeping it in. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I wanted to uh, talk a l- about a couple of things, one anime related and one not. Um the first is that uh, Vinland Saga is now going to be on Netflix and High Dive. Neat. Yeah, I saw it when I was looking at High Dive the other day. Which I think is interesting, um, specifically because it kind of reminds me of how like TV shows work on like the streaming platforms like Netflix and Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. HBO and like all, like the whole like deal with like Friends when when the, everyone was like deciding who was going to have friends because like netflix had it on it for years and then wb got it back which is like part of hbo so mm-hmm. um but it, it it's interesting now that funimation and crunchyroll are kind of you know merging together we have really just a few other players in like high dive and amazon prime and, and netflix mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see that content being kind of shared between different ones. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and specifically, notably, not Crunchyroll and Funimation. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, you know, I think I think it is. There, we are going to also see kind of like a balkanization of like where shows are going to be, where it's going to be end up being like. Well, if you want to watch seasons one through three, it's on Netflix, and Ugh. seasons four and five that's, are on High that's Dive. The worst. Yeah, I think that is one of the downsides. But I guess the the upside of it is that with more streaming platforms come more uh, opportunities for for anime to get picked up for streaming that wouldn't otherwise. That's so true. like you have you know you have Crunchyroll. And, like, you know, the big players will pretty much always release on Crunchyroll. But then you've got some of the smaller stuff that comes out on High Dive. Like, some of the stuff from, like, uh, manga that I've been reading. Well, like, well, let me finish. No. Um, okay. Some of the stuff from, like, the manga that I've been reading um, that is, like, kind of popular in Japan but not super popular here uh, is getting picked up by High Dive. And I think that's really neat, you know? Yeah, though I would say, like, Netflix picks up, like, Got Comey. That's, like, a huge one. Right, but yeah, I mean, Netflix is a huge player, but I think yeah. for, like, all of the, like, you know, some aside from, like, one or two a season, because Netflix isn't picking up as many Crunchy- anime as Crunchyroll yeah, is. Yeah, Crunchyroll is, like, is the main player in the game. Yeah. Uh, at least in the American streaming market. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it is it is interesting. It's something to keep an eye on, because I mark my words i think this is something that we're going to see a lot more of like inner sharing of properties like oh you can watch it on this uh, you know until august 1st and then it's going away but then it'll show up on this other streaming service in september like yeah so uh we'll keep an eye on it yeah Uh, something to think about the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, After the Revolution, which is a book that uh, Best Boy Justin loaned me. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty dope. Um, the It's written by Robert Evans, who does the Behind the Bastards podcast, which we are not affiliated with, but if Cool Zone Media wants to pick up the, the, the Best, Best Boys, Boys yeah. that's totally acceptable. 
Robert Robert Evans is my podcasting muse. He's the reason why I keep machetes in Studio WEB. Yeah, that is why the official uh, medical practice of the best boys is machetison. Yeah, our insurance policy sucks. Yeah, it's awful. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm reading the book that he wrote. It's a fiction about uh, life after the Second Civil War in the yep. United States. Uh, so it's um, a like future uh <laughs> like history book it's like a just yeah it's like a dystopian sci-fi kind of story <laughs> and where we're probably headed so <laughs> I mean, uh yeah it, it's uh it's interesting i i like how uh how the story is written because it's it's very much kind of like an action story at least for certain parts of mm-hmm. it um so it, it's just been kind of like a fun good summer read you should also consider like if you don't want to pick up like a physical book he they also did um in in like a podcast form they did an audio book where robert reads the book um and it's also available for free online if you want to get like a like an online copy so if you're looking for like a kind of like dystopian sci-fi cyberpunk kind of story that's like grounded in american politics like and go find it. Not it's out there. anime, but like uh, it's, it's. I'd a watch good story. an anime made out of it. I would watch the hell out of an anime of this. Yeah, especially with like they have because um, it takes place in the future, so they have like super soldiers in it who yeah. are like what they call chromed, and it's basically just like nanobot enhanced like cybernetic soldiers that are like you know super powerful and have like. You know, AI yeah. helping them, like very like Cortana kind of. But I think it's it's also funny because like when you think about like the way that that technology is used, because like some of the people they have like these like poison purifying systems in their body, and they use it so that they can drink cocaine by the glass, <laughs> like or like just like have like a what was it like a. Um, uh, Rufi Colada or like a martini filled with LSD. Uh, and that's just like the way they do drugs in the future. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's it's a very interesting world. Yeah. Um, I like it. But yeah, that's that's my chat. Yeah. Speaking of interesting worlds, um, I wanted to talk about rewatches because I think rewatches are underrated. Um, I've been doing a couple rewatches lately. I rewatched Gate for our 4th of July episode. That was actually the third time I've watched Gate and it was still good. Um, but I'm also rewatching Konosuba right now. I'm up to the second season. And, you know, I'm just enjoying, like, there's something fun about, uh, when you already know where an anime is going to go. So, like, you have stuff to look forward to. Um, but also you pick up on stuff that you missed the first time around. Um, I like, what I like doing is, because I don't generally watch dub. I usually watch sub, especially because, like, I tend to watch things when they first come out. Um, and the dub is not necessarily available yet. But like when I rewatch things, I will watch the I will watch the dub if it is like tolerable. Um, that way, I can watch it while I do other things like build Gundams or I'm, like you know. I'm telling you, that's the way to way but, to get things done. <laughs> but the thing is, I won't do it for shows that I've already that I haven't already seen. That's fair. I'll only do it for shows that I haven't watched yet. Or that I have, I've already watched, and that the dub is good. If the dub's not good, I'm not listening that's to fair. it. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, I wanted to throw that out there. Um, what would, uh, you know, I, and I guess I just wanted to throw it to you. If you could rewatch, if you were going to start any rewatch today, what would it be? You're asking me specifically? Yeah. 
Okay, so here's here is the issue with this question and why I'm like a little upset you asked me because I've been asking myself this question for months now uh-huh. to be totally honest with you like because I've felt the the desire to want to like rewatch something uh-huh because I used to rewatch like TV shows and movies and stuff all the time but especially since we've been doing the podcast and like trying to keep up on all the new stuff I haven't had as much time to like go back and do, like, my yearly rewatch of X, Y, or Z. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Honestly, um, what I've been kind of thinking about, and I, I probably won't do it because it's it's such a commitment, is, like, Naruto. Like, oh, wow. Okay. And watching that again. Yeah. Because it's just, like, such a fun journey. And, like, I've really been missing that kind of long shonen journey. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll watch One Piece with you and yeah. to get that. You know what you should do if you want that long shonen journey? You should watch World Trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I well, and the nice thing about World Trigger too is that I already know that I like it because I yeah. read the manga. And also like it's it's hefty but not as hefty as Naruto and there's not really any filler. Yeah, and it's I mean it's a fun world. Yeah, that's actually not a bad one. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I I think you're totally right. Rewatches are, are definitely worth, you know, yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, we did just talk about Netflix, and I kind of wanted to talk about two um, two shows that are on Netflix right now, uh, one of which we did talk about in our last um, uh, seasonal anime update, and one of which we actually missed. Um, the one that we missed is Spriggan. Yeah. Um, Spriggan, which is actually a remake of an, of another anime, um, which I don't remember if it's based off of a manga or not. I'm um, pretty sure it is. Yeah. But, um, basically Spriggan is about, um, like this kind of organization called Arkham that, um, is charged with... Not with a K. No, it's, <laughs> well, yeah, no. Um, and basically, like, their mission is to, like, secure these relics that are very powerful and have been left behind by, like, an advanced precursor civilization. And the main character is one of their, like, special, like, like troops that they send out for, like, super dangerous missions. Um, and he's, like, a biomechanically enhanced, like, super soldier, kind of. Like, he wears special orichalcum armor, and he uses, like, a like an orichalcum blade that's, like, sharper than anything in the world. Um, and, like, these kind of super soldiers that this place uses, they're called Spriggans, which is where the anime gets its name. Um, and, basically, the bad guy in the show is a very familiar villain you might be aware of called the United States of America. Um, Never heard of him. <laughs> who wants to, like, secure, like, these relics to use for their own, like, power and stuff. Um and, like, the bad guys, like, you know, team of, of, like, super soldiers, they're called the U.S. Machine Corps, or the Machinist Platoon, depending on which version you're watching. Uh, the new version, I think, only calls them the Machinist Platoon. I think the old version uses both names. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been really interesting. It's got a lot of really cool, like, CGI, CG3D uh, fight scenes that um, I think are really well done. And one thing I couldn't help but think while I was watching the show, was that um, I wanted Ghost in the Shell to be a better... Like, this is the version of that that I wanted them to use if they were going to switch to uh, CG. 
Because, like, the CG that they use in Ghost in the Shell is really, like, cartoony. It's stylized. It's very stylized. They try to go for, like, a 2.5D kind of feel. And that just doesn't feel good. It feels uncanny. It feels strange. Whereas, um, you know, uh, Spriggan kind of uses it to... To enhance the, it uses it to enhance the action of the fight scenes. It uses it to give depth to the to the landscapes, um, and I think it's just overall done in a more fully fleshed out, well you know thought out framework. Um, and I think this, if we're gonna move to like more heavy CGI in anime, I think Spriggan is kind of the example that people should strive for. Um, and strive to in, in you know to improve on because it's not perfect, um, but I think that's the direction we need to go. Um, this I feel is much more pleasant on the eyes, easier to watch. Is it? It's a hundred percent CG. I don't think it's fully one hundred percent. The fight scenes definitely are. The fight okay. scenes are heavy on the CG, but it doesn't feel heavy on the CG. You know. Um, but yeah, so I definitely recommend watching Spriggan. It's on Netflix. It's six episodes, but each episode is 40 minutes long. So it's really like a full 12-episode season. Um, but definitely worth a watch. The other one on Netflix that we did actually cover in our spring 2022 uh, episode is Bastard. Um, yes. Bastard is a lot of fun. I've watched like the first three or four episodes. Basically, it, the storyline follows there is a kingdom called Metallicana um, where they are under threat from like the forces of a dark army. And in order to um, in order to protect themselves, they resurrect uh, an ancient like not an ancient, like a, a, a former uh, dark wizard that they had defeated in order to save the world previously. Um, to protect them, and his name is Dark Schneider, uh, which is D. Snyder, for those of you who aren't super well-versed in metal history. Um, who is the lead singer of Twisted Sister. Yeah, and like basically the whole premise is that they need Dark Schneider to protect their... Um, to protect their uh, kingdom, but like, what are but hi, what are his motiv- motivations? Like, his motivations are kind of unknown. Like, you know, does he still want to take over the world? You know, what is he? What is what is he really after? Um, and one of the fun things about this anime for me, besides the fact that it is a really well done fantasy seinen action show, um, is that it, it all of the names of like organizations and towns and cities and bad guys are taken from metal history. So, like, one of the first bad guys that we have in the show, his name is Osborne. Um, <laughs> there is a there is a town called Judas, like Judas Priest. Oh, God, um, that's great. Yeah, you get the, you know, obviously the Kingdom of Metallicana. Um, I imagine the, the music's really good in it, too. The music is phenomenal. The OP is really good. Um, but also, like, you have, like, when they cast spells, because all the bad guys are, like, wizards, or bad, and also the, the anti-hero, um, some of the words from the spells are, like, band names. So you have, like, Megadeth and Slayer <laughs> and Venom. Um, I mean, that just makes sense. Yeah, so the, the show is really fun, especially if you're, like, a metalhead um, or you've listened to a lot of metal. I definitely recommend checking it out. But, like, even if you're not, and if you, and if you just like, like, you know, high... Like, high-level fun, like, battle seinen, lots of blood, lots of boobs, um, you know, good music. Like, if that, you know, even if you're not into metal, if that sounds like something you're interested in, uh, you'll definitely enjoy Bastard. I think it's a kind of, we don't get a lot of these, you know, a lot of the seinen shows that we get are just, like, super horny 
like rom-coms almost like we don't really yeah. get a whole lot of sane in action shows lately um and i think this one it really holds up i feel like that was like a bigger thing like turn of the like century yeah like. definitely was um and that's when this manga was originally written so that, that makes perfect makes sense. sense yeah um but yeah i think if you're if that's something that you're craving check this show out it was definitely i haven't finished it yet but so far it's worth the watch um, I think there's actually the, the part two comes out in September. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I wanted to talk about is, um, uh, Shikimori, uh, Shikimori-san. Um, listen. <laughs> the, the, the anime that everyone had all the expectations about. Yeah. Well, here's, here's my thing. Here's what I want to say about Shikimori-san. Shikimori-san was good, and I'm tired of pretending it's not. Because <laughs> um, the show, it, it wasn't it wasn't what everybody wanted it to be. Because everyone saw the, like, the promo visuals, and they were like, oh, this is going to be like um, My new, Dress Up Darling. Yeah, the new My Dress Up and Darling. And that's not what this show is. So, like, and one of the huge things that I keep seeing online that pisses me off is that all of the character, all the people who are complaining about it online are like, oh, the main character, he's such a simp. He's a he's so effeminate. He's useless. He's, they compare him to like Aqua a lot. Yeah, well, they compare him to Aqua, which also I think Aqua gets a bit of a bad rep that she doesn't necessarily deserve. But like they keep they, they one of the things, the refrains that I keep hearing over and over again is, oh, he's too effeminate. He's too effeminate. And like that's such a bullshit criticism oh, because I haven't heard that. That's great. Because he's not a First of all, he's not effeminate because he's not, like, super macho. Like, he's, like, you know, he's a dude who's just, like, in touch with his own, like, shit. And, he like, he, he likes his girlfriend. Like, what the fuck is wrong with but that? Also, also, just using effeminate as, like, just, like... As a, a pejorative. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like... Yeah, and it's like he's not, not twenty twenty. They're like, oh, he doesn't have he doesn't have any agency. His girlfriend does everything for him, and that's not true. Like, if you actually watch the show, you realize that one of the thing, one of the important themes they about this show, one episode, and then we're like, exactly. Man, they're like, I'm oh, main character's a simp. I don't want to watch. Like, if you actually watch the show, it really deals with a lot about how this kid who has like literally the worst luck in the world, how that has affected his life, like the ways in which he's learned to cope with it and like kind of the insecurities that he develops because of it like he's afraid uh, I don't know if they're covering this in the anime but like in the manga one of the arcs was like he's afraid to go see his friends at a sports competition because all of the sports teams that he goes to watch always lose Aww. and like he's like he, he he has to deal with like these competing desires to isolate himself but also want to be friends with the people around him and then there are all, the other criticism that I hear about the show is like oh Shikimori's too perfect which yeah you would get that if you only watched one episode but if you watch the rest of the show you'll learn that she deals with a lot of issues about agency and authenticity and how like she has wanted to like her whole like background and story arc is about her trying to take control of her life and like be what she wants to be and not what the people around her expect her to be um, and she has like a really, really awesome de like story development. And like, if you just watch one episode and go, "Ah, main character's a simp," uh, like you're never gonna get that. So like, I that's why I like I saw I saw that online the other day, and it made me mad. So I'm using my platform to vent my anger about that. I mean, it's fair. This is like what the internet does basically yeah. it's they read a headline and then they get enraged about it and then they don't actually read the article yeah it's, you know everyone w looked at the cover of this book 
snap made a snap judgment it wasn't what they expected and they didn't bother to dive deep and give it its due as yeah. to what it actually was and you know and i'm not saying like you're not allowed to have an opinion on an anime unless <laughs> you've seen every episode not. and read the manga <laughs> but like if you are going to have an opinion, first of all, it shouldn't be main character's girl. Um, but it also like should be new like it should be nuanced. Like you should you should if you're gonna if your criticism of the show is that the main character's too effeminate, like that's not a criticism of the show, that's a reflection of your own issues with toxic masculinity. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Shikimori is the perfect anime and everyone should love it, but like if you're gonna criticize it, at least make your criticisms valid. Like, uh, you know, I, and like, if you're, if you're going, oh, well, who are you to decide whose criticisms are valid? I am the one who decides that, you know, <laughs> main character is too effeminate is an invalid criticism. So deal with it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll second it. So yeah. There you go. Perfect. So we're, we have a consensus. The council has spoken. Um, <laughs> Given that the council has spoken, I think that's probably a pretty decent time for us to check in with Studio WEB for some anime news! That's right, Best Buds, we got some hot summer news for ya. Uh, up first, I just want to run through some of the announcements that have dropped recently, because there's been a butt-ton of them. Yep. Um, Mob Psycho Season 3 is coming... Uh, I really need to watch Mob Psycho. Yeah. Um, Summertime Rendering Part 2 is allegedly coming, even though I haven't seen Part 1 and I'm angry about it. Well, I think Disney Plus is planning to release it once the original run is over. That's... Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Super frustrating. Uh, Mushoko Tensai's coming back. That's pretty exciting. Uh, Spy Family Part 2 was announced immediately after it finished yeah. airing. Uh, they had to or there'd be a riot they're doing Konosuba an explosion on this wonderful world yep that's uh, a Megamine spinoff yeah which I was not expecting to get an anime but that's fun mm-hmm. um, we're also getting Tomo-chan as a girl which I'm excited about yeah it's um, gonna be you've good. read that one too yeah right? I read the manga the manga's really good it's gonna be fun uh, Trigun is getting a second season yeah. out of... I don't know if it's a second season or if it's like a side story or a remake. It's hard to tell from the um, from the, the promotional video we got. It's getting a, a season of some A new sort season of, of content. A new season of anime. If you haven't watched the trailer yet, you should go watch it. It's really good. I'm super excited about it uh and solo leveling got announced for 2023 yep which is huge absolutely um that one's gonna be done by a1 pictures uh which is the uh sony brand yes um so interesting uh i I, they're they're good they will be able to pull off a solo leveling some people are not happy about it though I mean, the, those are probably fanboys who want, like, Trigger to do solo yeah. leveling, which would be a terrible idea. Yeah, I love Trigger. Should not make solo leveling. It wouldn't be good. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to run through. Are there any that you're particularly excited for in that group? I mean, I'm pretty excited for Tomo-chan as a girl. I'm pretty excited for Spy Family Part 2, obviously. Um, definitely excited for Trigun. But these all sound great. Mushoko Tensai, which I think is a little further in the future, but, like, can't wait for it. Um, these are good announcements. We're going to get more announcements as the, the, you know, the weeks wear on, um, because the, you know, the spring season has ended. We're just starting the summer. This is the time for making announcements. Um, so, you know, we'll keep you posted as more come out. Yeah. Um, 
there is actually another announcement, there but is. we're going to go into a little bit more in depth with this one. Uh, and that's the uh, Stranger Things creators, the Duffer Brothers, uh, are going to be making a new live action Death Note. Um, they're uh, going to be working with Netflix uh, and their newly formed studio, Upside Down Pictures. Oh, I didn't realize that studio was the name of there. Down. That makes sense that the. Uh, that the Stranger Things would be upside down pictures. Um, Deadline states that uh, it will be a new take from the previous live action Death Note film. Great. I, you know, Netflix make take taking another stab at it. Hopefully, they don't mess up twice. I mean. I'm not gonna hold my breath. Yeah. Um. But while uh. While this announcement came out, I learned a little bit more about Death Note. Uh, And I just wanted to share this little tidbit that I didn't previously know. That there was a live-action Death Note light-up the new world film that debuted in November of 2016. And the story takes place ten years after the events of the original story. And features new characters who compete over six Death Notes on Earth. Uh, It's a Death Note death game. Which sounds awesome yeah (laughs) um yeah i i just think that's a really dope premise and i would like to see an anime about that yeah i think that would be pretty neat um yeah um and some pretty sad news the japanese coast guard found manga creator kazuki takahashi uh real name kazuo takahashi uh off the coast of nago city okinawa uh, on the morning of Wednesday, June 6th. July. Was, or July 6th. He was uh, 60 years old. The Coast Guard reportedly found Takahashi equipped with snorkeling gear. Both the Coast Guard and the police are currently investigating the events that led up to Takahashi's death. Uh, a person passing on a boat had called Japan's maritime hotline to report an apparent body floating 300 meters from the coast of the resort city of Nago about 10.30 a.m. on Wednesday. Um, and that's, that's rough, man. He was an amazing creator. Um, the Yu-Gi-Oh manga is really wild and not entirely what the TV show is like. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's like actually really dark and, um, just kind of the way he could create games and kind of his love for gaming really came through with it. So we definitely lost a real one with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's so sad just how young uh, he was. Well, I mean, you know, it it also serves as a reminder that like mangakas are people too, you know, they have Mm -hmm. hobbies and they have interests outside of creating manga. Um, And, you know, sometimes, sometimes those, those hobbies are dangerous. Like there's, you know, we could lose people at any time for any reason. Yeah. Um, And it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, And then for my final piece, um, manga artist uh, Yoshihiro Togashi is getting an exhibit in uh, Tokyo's Mori Arts Center Gallery from October 28th to January 9th. Uh, To commemorate the announcement, he released a public message thanking fans for their support while addressing his health issues uh, while affecting his work. Um, This is the creator of uh, Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter x Hunter. Um, 
I just thought this was uh, an interesting kind of statement to read. So he said, I am pleased to announce the Yoshihiro Tagashi exhibit puzzle. Uh, this was only possible thanks to the warm feelings and support of all the readers. Allow me to express my sincere gratitude to all of you. That was stiff of me, huh? I think so too. You are probably thinking, go draw the next chapter already. True, I was unable to sit in a chair for two years, which made me unable to draw, but by throwing conventional methods to the wayside, I've been able to resume drawing somehow. Everyone, I sincerely ask you to take care of your backs and hips. Just two weeks before writing this message, I couldn't get into the position to wipe my butt and had to take a shower every time I pooped. <laughs> it takes three to five times longer for me to do everyday movements. Your hips are important. So if you're at uh, the exhibit and you happen to drop something, I recommend you assume sumo crouching position when you pick it up. Sincerely, Yoshihiro Tagashi. Uh, Togashi included an illustration of himself as an anthropomorphized dog lying on his back while drawing and captioned it, currently I can only draw in this position. Wow. So, I don't think we've heard a whole lot about the details of his health um, yeah. and why uh, he has been away from hunter hunter for so I, long i do know they did they did mention at one point that part of the reason why was because he could not sit in a chair yeah i yeah i had heard that too but i didn't realize that it was like back and hip related right. and that it was so intense like yeah. that's a lot to deal with and 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 it's a good reminder to fans again that mangaka are people and you know are not just there to crank out content for you and their health should be first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, this type of injury is also not terribly uncommon when it comes to manga. Cause, because like, you got to imagine you're sitting at a desk for way too many hours in the day, drawing, using a computer, repetitive stress injuries are very common amongst people who work on computers for a living and especially people who draw. Uh, they get carpal tunnel all the time. It's not uncommon. Um, so it's something to keep in mind. Yeah. So, you know, and also a good reminder, everyone take care of yourself. You know, check, you know, check your hips. I'm going to do some stretches tonight. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do some sumo wrestling tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, do some Hinomaro sumo. Yeah, there we go. But speaking of Hinamaro Sumo, something entirely different. Um, <laughs> Young Gangan Magazine has announced that both of the 86 manga projects have been canceled. Um, Motoki Yoshihara's 86 covered the first volume of the 86 light novels, while Hakuyutsu Yamasaki's 86 run through the battlefront adapted the second volume of those light novels. Um, they have both been on hiatus since 2021 due to creator's health. Um, after consultation with Kadokawa's Dengeki Bunko, who publishes the original light novel, Square Enix decided to cancel both projects. Um, while details are scarce surrounding the health of both mangakas, it was noted in the announcement that Yamazaki's condition is chronic and will likely never improve. Um, the fate of the television anime series is unclear, however. Uh, in my opinion, this is probably the final nail in the coffin for it. They already ended the arc covered by the television anime with a conclusion that would be fairly satisfying if it were the end of the series. Um, however, if they do decide to revive the manga with new artists, there might still be some hope. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, we're talking about the health uh, issues that manga artists face. Um, 
and this is this is another example of sometimes like you know it, it can happen that you can just become too sick to work you know it's tough um we don't know exactly what they are facing they could be related to their careers or they could also just be you know related to life could be genetic um but either way, it's a it's a huge bummer, um, and we're you know we hope they we wish them well. Yeah, we wish everyone um, the best of health. Yeah, and you know we'll see what happens in the future for these uh, for these manga adaptations um, and the anime that they inspired. Um, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Mia Amane, a popular cosplayer with over two hundred thousand followers on Twitter. She found herself in hot water recently when she uploaded a photo of herself drinking alcohol while cosplaying as Anya Forger from Spy Family. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, there is a sort of unwritten code of conduct for cosplayers in Japan um, and largely around the world as well. Um, and one of the key provisions agreed upon within the community is that if you're cosplaying a, a character who is underage, you shouldn't drink or smoke while in costume, which I think is fair. That's fair. Um, Amane received heavy backlash on Twitter and Instagram for posting the photos, one of which includes her drinking a highball from a cup that says, I love drinking. Um, she issued an apology on July 5th that reads in part, I'm sorry, I went to bed and woke up and things have gotten worse. I didn't think about the fact that some people might be uncomfortable uh, drinking alcohol while wearing Anya's outfit. I am sorry for my lack of consideration. Um, and I think this is, you know... Uh, it, when, when you consider that the, you know, you're, you're, you're dressed as a character who is five years old, you know, maybe don't drink and smoke. Like, I think, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I don't think she should be like canceled for it. Like, you know, she made a mistake. <laughs> uh, she owned up to it. Um, hopefully she won't yeah. do it again. And hopefully it serves as a lesson for a lot of other people. Cause I do know that like in the West, those rules are far more relaxed. Um, you'll see cosplayers smoking and drinking, um, especially at cons, no matter who they're dressed up as. Well, it, it's something that, like, at least with the Western sensibility, you may not think of right offhand. Like, oh, children could see this and right. have like an association with it. Yeah, but it's a, it's not a bad point to make. Yeah, it's, I think it's something that's that it, it's important to keep in mind. Um, and for my final news story for this week, uh, Yuru Camp the movie opened in Japan on July 1st, taking number three at the box office uh, and earning 351,407 uh, or 351,407,900 yen, which is about 2.58 million dollars in its first three days. That's not bad. Yeah, didn't do half bad. Um, the film depicts Nadeshko and the others now grown up after some time has passed since the television anime. Rin, who now works at a small publisher in Nagoya, gets a text message from Chiaki. Um, Yamanashi's tourism promotion organization has put Chiaki in charge of reopening a site that had been closed several years ago. Upon hearing this, Rin suggests a spacious site could be turned into a campsite, of course, because that's the show. Um, Chiaki and Rin unite with uh, Nadeshko, Aoi, and Anna to uh, launch the campsite development project. The five assemble in work clothes to mow the grass, hold planning meetings and build a camp uh, campsite from square one and seems reminiscent of their days in uh, their club days in high school. The trailer also features scenes of Ayano Toki and Sakura Yagamihara. Um, I'm super stoked about this. Um, I think, you know, we, we need to finish watching. It doesn't have a North America release yet, but we got to start. We got to get cracking. Yeah. I'm um, down to watch an episode after this. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Um, 
so yeah, I think I'm really excited for this. I love this show. It's super comfy and, and great. Um, I don't know, but what do you what do you think, Dan? Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm, I'm so excited. This this show is like a warm hug, and this movie seems like you know being tucked into bed. <laughs> yeah, I think this is this is like a great way to put a bow on the series. Yeah. To like, okay, like let's look at them all grown up. How has their passion evolved? Though you know? I do wish that they grew up and had the flying uh, tent from the Oh, like, yeah. Who knows? Um, Maybe they will. Imagination, like, vision of the future. <laughs> Maybe they will. Maybe that's how they, the, the movie will end. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but speaking of things ending, this is the end of the news segment. Um, but you know what, best boys, uh, best buds? Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know if you're, if you're going to buy a flying tent from Yuru Camp, um, you know, are you going to watch the new live-action Death Note? Second time's a charm. Uh, let us know on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Hit us up uh, by email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. And listen here, best buds. We want to grow the show. We want to get it to as many people as possible. Tell your friends. Tell your weeb nerds. Uh, but most importantly, why don't you go ahead and leave us a review, specifically on iTunes, because that's how we hit it with the uh, algorithm. Five stars, baby. Yeah, give us five stars. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, it's free for you. It takes these five minutes, and it really helps us out. With that being said, it's time for us to go ahead and jump into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Best Buds, we're going to talk about a little anime you may or may not have heard of called Bubble or Buble. No, it's just Bubble. <laughs> it's Bubble. Um, it's, uh, it's, you've probably seen it on Netflix if you have the Netflix. If you have Netflix and you have watched any anime, Netflix <laughs> is aggressively marketing it to you. Yeah. Um, so I guess the real question is. Should you watch it? Um, we're going to tell you a little bit about it, our thoughts, uh, and hopefully help you make that decision. Absolutely. Um, and I guess we'll get started with just a little background about the movie. Bubble is an anime movie that was released in theaters in Japan in May of 2022 uh, and is currently streaming worldwide on Netflix, as we just discussed. Um it's an original anime written by Gen Urobuchi, uh, who worked on uh, Puella Magi Mad Madoka Magica, um, Fate Zero, and Psychopaths. And it's directed by Tetsuro Araki, who worked on Attack on Titan Seasons 1 through 3, Death Note, High School of the Dead, and Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Um, Bubble is produced by Wit Studio. For um, a couple, couple little shows you might have heard of, like uh, <laughs> Attack on Titan... Mm -hmm. um, the good seasons. The good seasons. Vinland Saga, Spy Family. The good seasons. <laughs> the good seasons of Spy Family? No, of Vinland Saga. Oh. <laughs> um, Mappa's doing season two. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, Vivi Fluoride Eyes Song, Ranking of Kings, and Vampire in the Garden, which we talked about, I think, like an episode or two ago. Um, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... But uh, you're actually going to hear some other uh, 
people who share some of those credits uh, coming up too, because the opening theme song, uh, Bubble, featuring Uta, was performed by Eve, uh, who is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, Wit has actually done a few of the animations for like four of their music videos. Um, Mappa, Cloverworks, and Bones have also done music videos for Eve, fun side note. Um, so check them out, because it's they have some cool music videos. Heck yeah. Um, though most of you probably uh, would recognize their work as doing the OP for Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, the ending theme song, Ja-ne Mata-ne. Ja-ne Mata-ne. What he said. Um, or See You Catch You Later is performed by Riria, who voices Uta in the film. The film's score was done by Hiroyuki Sawano, who first broke big onto the scene composing the music for Gundam Suit, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn in 2010. Since then, he has gone on to have a career as a musical artist, as well as performing scores for Blue Exorcist, Attack on Titan, Kill a Kill, The Seven Deadly Sins, Seraph of the End, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, Recreators, Promari, 86, and the best show of 2022, Fanfare of Adolescence. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was important to like kind of throw all the musical credits in there because that is, mm-hmm. I think, one of the more astounding features of this for me. Yeah, I think one of the things that also sticks out to me is just how many things the writer and director and the studio have in common. Like they, you know, they have worked on stuff together before, and the um, um, uh, composer. And the composer as well. So, like, this is, like, a team that's going, like, from anime to anime. I've, uh, Jamie has also recommended uh, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress yeah, to me. Yeah, really good. I, I think I need to watch that. Okay. Also, just another side note, the name Uta actually means to sing in Japanese. Oh. So, yeah, that's a little, little trivia for you. Fun. Yeah. Um, but the synopsis of Bubble on my anime list reads as follows... Uh, the story is set in Tokyo after bubbles that broke the laws of gravity rained down upon the world. Cut off from the outside world, Tokyo has become a playground for a group of young people who have lost their families, acting as a battlefield for parkour team battles as they leap from building to building. Hibiki, a young ace known for his dangerous playstyle, makes a reckless move one day and plummets into the gravity-bending sea. His life is saved by Uta, a girl with mysterious powers. The pair then begin to hear a uh, the pair then hear a unique sound audible only to them. Why did Uta appear before Hibiki? Their encounter leads to a revelation that will change the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's the story. That 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 is the story. Um how do you want to tackle this, best boy Justin? Well, uh I don't know. Do you want to just talk about some pros and cons? Do you want to talk about our general feelings about the movie first? How do you want to, how do you, what do you think? All right. I I think, so the, I have, I wrote this at the end of the list, but I think it's probably best to bring it up now. Okay. Since I have watched this. Yeah. I have had a number of people who I've told that I've seen it ask me, oh, is that any good? you talked to other people about anime? Uh, Yeah, it's crazy, right? What the fuck? Yeah, it's... I feel so betrayed. Right <laughs> yeah, uh, and and I don't record our conversations. What good is a conversation about <laughs> anime if you don't record it? Um, 
But yeah, so I've like mentioned that I that I watched the movie and everyone's first reaction who's like interested in the anime is, "Oh, how is it?" Right. Right, cuz they've it's been in their peripheral, right? right they've right. opened up Netflix and it's been in their face. Um and it and it looks good too. Yeah. Right. I mean the, the synopsis sounds great. Yeah, the synopsis is great. The animation looks great. When I saw Parkour Battlefield, I was like I'm sold. Yeah, it's it, they have a game called Battle Core, yep. which is like parkour but on a sunken tokyo filled with deadly bubbles yeah um and whirlpools don't forget the whirlpools yeah like there's there is a ton to love about it but i can't wholeheartedly recommend it to people um if if someone were to approach you and say should i how is it what would you say i would say it's mid you know, I would, that's like the thing. Like that's like, I know that's such a meme, but like that's what you that's like the the way I would define it. Because like the visuals are great, sound design is great, the music is great, but the story is really predictable. Um, and I just you know, I, it was it's I'm not, not the 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 writing is not well executed. Yeah, I'm not. I don't regret watching it, but like I don't. I am not excited that I watched it either, you know? Yeah. That's probably... It's it's a great idea that they were able to, like, produce really well, but, like, the core structure of the story just, like, was very thin. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads us into, like, the pros and cons that we yeah. have here. Um, the first one that I had, as I just discussed, animation is absolutely gorgeous. Like... They definitely are not lacking on the animation side of this of this show. Yeah, so it's Wit, which uh, is one of my favorite studios when it comes to animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know there there's a lot of action scenes where they're just running through this Tokyo that's half underwater. Buildings yeah. are destroyed, but like gravity doesn't work in the same way. So there's just floating bits of rock and stuff and you've seen versions of this yeah. in in various media before um but it, it's animated beautifully um the colors are very like striking a lot of like blues yeah. and purples and um they do really amazing things with the bubbles there's yeah. they found a way CG. to make bubbles look menacing there's some cg is, but is like important. i don't think you notice it yeah I mean, yeah, I think that they, if they, the CG that they had was limited and it was blended really well into mm-hmm. the rest of the, the animation. So, like, I think, you know, on that front, they did an excellent job. The action scenes are really well executed. Yeah. Um, I love the way that the camera, quote unquote, camera follows the characters while they're doing parkour. So, like, it moves and it stops and it jitters and it, you know, it, it kind of follows them instead of just, it makes it feel really dynamic which is important for like a parkour themed it's very the camera work is very reminiscent of like the um levi like fight yeah with the like other uh aerial combatants with like the guns yeah when it's when it's like kind of following behind him and like like, jerking around as he moves yeah absolutely like wit really knows how to animate like action through moving through space very well i i would say of everything about this movie the art 
of it is a plus number one. Yeah, and I think that's I think the the movement design in particular yeah. is really important also because like when you have a, a something about parkour or like even you know continuing with the with the attack on titan analogy something that involves moving through space in a cool and interesting way if you just have a static view of that that just looks like drawings doing cool things yeah. when you have the camera follow and move with them and react the way they move well and it you know, shows it like the brings full it movements too yeah. right like you see you know a lot of times in anime they'll animate things off screen or like you'll just see like the reaction or like a still yeah. image but like they're they're putting in all of the shots yeah. that you want to see they're putting in like getting the handhold and then the body springing and all the movements, all the things that yeah. are difficult to animate, yeah. right? Those sort of, like, non-generic movements are what really sells it. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I think kind of tying in with the visual aspect of it, we have to talk about, you know, the sound design Absolutely. of the whole thing. And yeah. and I think before we get into the music, I want to just touch on the actual sound design proper of it. Uh-huh. Um, bubbles. Yeah. What sound does a bubble make? They... <laughs> I mean, that's actually... That's a good answer to that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. You're right. <laughs> I win. Um, I but, beat your philosophy with nonsense. But but they they gave weight and power to the bubbles and i think uh the sound design had a lot to do with that right there there are points where they move through the world there's kind of these bubbles floating around and they're really the only people who can launch off of them right um everyone else just kind of gets thrown off because they can't like figure out the trajectory but because they hear this bubble music they can right <laughs> this is a sentence i've said <laughs> um they hear this bubble music so they can jump on the bubbles right. but the the sound design gives that interaction a weight and a reality to it that feels you know believable yeah and i think one thing i one thing i i, I called out as being really good really well executed with the sound design is the way that it kind of switches back and forth from like you have a very subdued kind of sound like this where it sounds like you're like underwater even though not actually because you can't hear things underwater but like it sounds like we would imagine underwater sounds to sound like mm -hmm. and then it switches back to like just really clear as a bell sound design with orchestral flourishes so like it really gives you the the kind of feeling of being submerged in water and you know coming out and so on and so forth and i thought that was really well executed um the music the music uh, yeah. along these lines is was also fantastic not just the op and the ed but the uh the soundtrack as well um, it really kind of draws you in, you know? It makes you kind of feel... It, it's really well meshed with what's going on on screen mm. um, in a way that is is impactful, I think. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the pedigree of uh, Hiroyuka Sawano, like, 
just Attack on Titan, Kill a Kill, just stand out like right off the top of my head. Eighty six yeah. was also Any, okay. Really just amazing. as an aside, anytime I think of the music from Kill a Kill, I think about that song like "Go Find Your Way," but I think <laughs> about it set to the song of the guy who's like "Never Give Up." Oh, yes, that is a, a wonderful <laughs> meme. Yeah. Anyway, I could not uh, talk about that. Um, hopefully, um, social media editor, best boy, Justin will remember to put that meme in the <laughs> show notes. We'll see. I'm going to try. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, like the music fits perfectly. It matches the energy of the scenes. Um, like I said, there's a lot of action scenes. There's also a lot of quote unquote emotional connection and growth scenes. And I can think of one that was <sighs> properly executed, but I, attempted to. Yeah. Um, but the music for those scenes are not what lets them down. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it, it's. I would say, in terms of anime movies, easily you know, up there in terms of soundtracks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just in terms of how it correlates with what you're seeing on screen. So one, I think probably the last thing I want to talk about in the pros before we get into some of the cons um, is the setting. I think oh, the yeah. setting is really so unique dope. and interesting. So like the main characters live on an old Coast Guard cutter floating in the middle of a post-apocalyptic flooded Tokyo. Um which is rad as hell, first of all. Mm. Um, but what particularly interests me uh, interests me is that the apocalypse is not evenly distributed. So, like, other parts of the world are perfectly fine, uh, with Tokyo being, like, kind of the epicenter of this bubble disaster. And then, like, other parts of the world are affected and others aren't. And, like, there's refugees. And, like, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, you know, um, Independence Day almost. Mm. Where, like, you have the major cities get hit so people start flooding to, like, the rural areas. Uh, and Will Smith slaps an alien and not Chris Rock. Because that was bad. But the <laughs> alien is okay. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to the fact that the setting... Uh, I found to be really interesting. I told Best Boy Dan while we were watching the the movie too. I was like, I was like, I would watch an entire movie about just kids sailing through a flooded world on old navy and coast guard ships, challenging each other to parkour battles. Like, I would watch a oh, whole twenty I, seasons of that, dude. I would ingest every type of media that Empire could pump out, like yeah. video games off of that. I'd wear all the comic clothes. books. You know, like... buy the shoes. Yeah, like, that sounds dope. Franchise that, like... (laughs) Yeah, hire me to just sit in a room and give you good ideas for shows that, quote-unquote, would be cool. But, like, okay, now let's get into it. So do, yeah, this, do the story better. <laughs> yeah, so the story feels... To, like Okay, so we have a little bit different opinion on this one. My opinion, as far as the story goes, it feels really rushed. I felt like it could have been executed better as a 12-episode anime series as opposed to a movie. So, like, we don't even find out who the bad guy is until, like, the last, like, third of the film. Um, and even then, like, the motivations never make sense. Yeah. The goals are never fleshed out. We never quite understand what it wants. And it, it, it you, there's a way to do that in a way that makes it feel mysterious and for and like forbidding and like unknowable. Mm-hmm. But in this case it just felt like, oh, we don't know it because we never talked about it. You yeah. know? So alright. I think when it comes to the story, like the general 
basic idea of it, right? Like, the world we've already established, super cool. Yeah. Right? The overall story, I think, is fine. It's it's just dead simple. It's very linear, very straightforward. Like, the especially between the main two characters, right? Like, their relationship, you know immediately what's going to happen with yeah. it. Like... There's a, like, super blatant foreshadowing in the beginning, and yeah. it, it's just, like, there's no surprise whatsoever. And their relationship feel, like, doesn't feel earned. Yeah. I, I specifically think about, you know, your name or um, a silent voice where you have these two movies that have these main characters that form these incredible bonds yeah. and you really feel their connection. I want to eat your pancreas as well. Does an excellent job of doing that. Yeah, and 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 it's earned and it and they do it in the span of a movie, but like I just did not feel that between these characters and yeah. you're pinning the story on that. So I I think what we're feeling is similarly, but I think our ideas of executing it are are different. So mm-hmm. You want to do it as a 12-episode season and actually take the time to, like, flesh out, like, that story and, yeah. and take the core components not, of not, it. And I want to I want to just be specific, not just the romance plot. There are other yeah. parts of the story that I think are also not fleshed out well, but the romance no, no, plot no. sticks out. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a ton of things that aren't fleshed out. But, like, you could, like, really dive into that world, really fill it out, really flesh it out, like, make it feel lived in and, and tell this story over... Like six seasons, if right. you wanted to, you could do it in one season. Like it could be expanded and like really fleshed out. My thought was with the amount of actual like story and content they give you, mm-hmm. it that story feels more suited towards like a single OVA episode, like a thirty minute like. Um, if you've ever seen just kind of like a short film. Right? Like, I I think you could get a similar impact uh, from what story this movie gave us. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, like, they only had enough, like, story content to fill 30 minutes, basically. I I feel like my my main criticism of the show is that, of the movie, is that it has an interesting setting that could be expanded upon. And I think that's why I lean more towards a 12-episode series. Because, like, you can talk more about, like, what like what the, the after-effects of the disaster were. You can get into the past of, like, the the, like the professor and, like, her, her former parkour, you know, instructor <laughs> friend. And, like, yeah. talk about that dynamic. And, like, maybe we can have a, a flashback episode or two about, you know, spoiler alert... Not even a spoiler. It's a part of his character design. He he's missing a leg. He has yeah. a prosthetic leg. We can find out how did that happen, you know? Yeah. Instead of him just showing it to us suddenly in a scene and going, "I have a prosthetic leg." Okay, okay great, cool. Yeah. How? Why? How does that affect you? How does that yeah. make you feel? Why we don't ever get it. Why is it important? Why are you telling her on? specifically? Yeah. Like you know, so many things. And like in that, th- those kinds of like story elements would have made that final arc where they all work together feel more impactful because yeah. all of the stuff comes together and i feel like in an, in a movie with this kind of like when you're you're 
you're throwing up this point and that plot point and this plot point. You're not giving any single plot point enough time to feel good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's it's not a long movie. No, it's just about an hour and 45 minutes. But I did definitely get drowsy through it because I was just, I was bored because they give you all of these things, yeah. but they don't flesh any of it out in any meaningful way. I also, okay, so the other part that pissed me off, like, this is completely not what we were talking about just now, but, like, because you said it, it reminded me of it. Okay. The, the part where I realized I was getting bored and not happy with the movie was when Uta, the main female lead here, she appears, when she first appears, her costume is awesome. Like, her, her yeah. character design is so cool. Yeah, that's and true. And then they bring her back to, like, their home base, and then she just starts dressing like the rest of them. And, like, what the hell, man? She was so cool. She's a bubble person. Yeah, like, why why would you change her to just be, like, every one of these other boring-ass characters? Let like, her be a bubble person. Exactly. I was so, like, and when, I, when that happened, I was like, oh, my God. But anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, it's... Honestly, I just want to, like, take it and just edit it down myself and just like make it like hey this is a concept for for a for a longer show fair enough um but getting into you know the story we have to talk about the character development too and for me usually i'm all about the story but like that's what really fell flat Mm -hmm. to me in this one like and, and i've already talked a lot about it but like i I didn't care about the relationship between the two people you're supposed to care about the relationship of. <laughs> yeah, and and speaking of those two particular people, like, so with Uta, I'm willing to give a pass, right? Because she's supposed to be this kind of mysterious and alien feeling existence. So I get that, right? You want to keep her, you know, her the things about her character a little bit in the dark. You want to leave some stuff, you know, kind of unsaid. But like our male, the male lead, Hibiki, he feels so flat. He's yeah. a really boring, uh, edgelord, best around kind of that character that you have who's good at everything and he's so good and doesn't talk to the people he's, around him. He is the boring self-insert fantasy. Exactly, character. exactly. He's the, oh, I'm the best and everyone around me knows it and I'm not, you know, that's the kind of character that he is. And like he never has a reckoning with that. And then, like, all of a sudden, in the last 10 or 20 minutes, he loves everyone around him, and everyone around him loves him. Like, and there's no, there's, it just, there is no lead up to that. It just happens, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's supposed to... Basically, everyone around them is more interesting, and and none of them are particularly interesting either. Except, I don't know, I'm kind of interested, again, in these, these adult characters, Shin and Makoto... Um, the the male and female like guardians, the only adults in Tokyo, apparently, because the only people who resettled Tokyo afterwards were orphan children. Yeah, uh, who, yeah, who do battle core. Which again, you could have a crazy like you could talk about that. Like you talk about like the the underworld I that wanna... feeds that, or like <laughs> like you have this team. That's... I want to play a smartphone game of that. <laughs> you have this team that the, their one of their rival teams is like funded by like this outside investor who gives them high tech gear, and like you could have <laughs> a story about that. about that. Like you can have a whole story about how they have to sell their souls and like they have a their gear is dope too it's like water jets yeah and like we never talk about it the only reason they're there is so that like the main characters can be friends with them at the end you know they like just kidnap someone for no like no 
For yeah, well, they kid they yeah they they kidnapped one of the the characters to like as a prize for the game, and it's like okay, I guess, but like if also you're... like don't kidnap people. <laughs> yeah, don't kid. Well, I don't know. Maybe no, that's that's legally actionable. I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I there's just like there are so many story elements here that just had an opportunity to to like be really cool and then just like fell flat. But getting back to the character development. Um, I just felt that, like, you know, all of the characters who weren't the main two, who were also not done well, kind of, they felt like a character outline, and it's, like, held together with, like, duct tape, but that duct tape is, like, just a couple lines of dialogue. Yeah. You know, and it just was, like, I was not super pleased with it. Yeah. I I feel like that's, that's kind of most of what I have to say about it. Yeah. Um, do you wanna do you wanna take a stab at, at rating it? Yeah, I, I guess let's okay, so we are unveiling um our patented and <laughs> I have never prob- never before attempted um best boys official rating system. Yeah. We'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I like to call him Bob. Sure. The best boy rating system, Bob. Bob. Um, so let's talk around, let's talk about like kind of these categories that we came up with. We came up with four categories, okay? Yes. The first category, which is worth 25 points, is the visuals. Mm. Now the visuals include animation, character design, stuff you see with your eyes, right? Yes. The second category we have is sound, which is also worth 25 points. OPED score... OST, sound design, voice, voice actors, everything you hear with your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, the third category we have is the story, uh, which is worth 30 points. And it consists of writing, concept, characters. You know what a story is. You've read yeah. one. You well, the, the structure of what you're ingesting. Exactly. And then our final category is our subjective category. We get to which throw is, our best boy weight around. Yeah, which is worth 20 points, 10 points for each best boy um, where we, this is our, this is our category to like, to influence the overall rating to say, I liked it. I didn't like it. So on and so forth. Um, and I think that's, you know, that all, you know, if my math is correct, should equal a hundred points. Yeah. Uh, and we also didn't pre-plan this. So. No, we, well, we pre-planned, we, we pre-planned the categories. I didn't just yes. make that up. That um, would be impressive if right? you made that up on the spot. Right? Um, but no, we did not fo- We did not discuss the point values we were going to assign to this beforehand. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do that live. Yeah. Um, so, Best Boy, now let's get right into it. Visuals. We have 25 points to play with. What do you think this one gets on visuals? Uh, I like, I would be happy giving it like a 23 or a 24. Okay. Um, I think, Elaborate. I think... Uh, background solid, um, movement solid, you know, uh, cinematography solid, uh, character design, I yeah. think is the only yeah, place that I could take off a couple points. It's, it's good overall. There's nothing that like super stands out in my head. The main character is super generic. Yeah. The bad guy was pretty cool. Um, but like, you know, nothing that's, it, it's not... Kill a kill. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, not Attack on Titan. I think for me, you know, I would be, you know, as, as far as the animation is concerned, I would give it full marks. Uh, character design, I might be a little bit more harsh than you. I am pretty mad that they designed, like, 
a really cool character <laughs> and it made her dress like everyone else and like I think their team's outfits were so boring like yeah. every other team had better outfits than them the um, villain team had a pretty dope outfit yeah they had they were pretty cool they all looked like Majora's Mask which was awesome yeah. um I don't know yeah I, I think I'm okay with maybe 23 or 22 total for visuals okay um, uh what do you think? Let's give it... Uh, let's do 22. Okay, I'm okay with 22. Uh, I'll mark it down here. All right. Uh, up next we have sound, which... I think I have to give full marks. Yeah, I would give sound full marks for this. Everything was great from the OP and the ED all the way down to the voice actors. I think I don't have any gripes about yeah. the sound at all. Uh, like, I heard the OP come on, and I was like, I know this band. Yeah. And, like... It, it like showed it was like even i was like yes this is exactly that absolutely um and you know there's the voice acting was good you know i don't have any complaints about it i think they did a great job um you know we listened to the uh subbed version um so it was the japanese voice actors and and it, it was stellar absolutely uh, no notes great Next, we have the story. So out of a total of 30 points, let's talk about the story here, Best Boy Dan. And I'm going to be upfront with you real quick about this, how I feel about what the point values for this should be. I don't think it should get more than 20, and I think even 20 would be stretching it. Oh, I'm, like, way closer to, to like, 10. Okay, that's fine. I, I just wanted to put an upper limit on it, because I don't think... I, I don't think it, it was... Honestly, I couldn't really conceive of giving it more than ten, and that's solely based on what a dope concept. It yeah, is. I think that I think absolutely. You know, I agree with you there. And um, and you know, part of me also <laughs> is mad about that, right. right? Like it's such a squander of yeah. like. Uh, you have great, this awesome like, setting and you didn't do a good story with it. Uh, and you did everything else good. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I wanted to bring this up because I was just thinking about the characters and we forgot to talk about it earlier. Um, they focus on the professor lady's butt a lot. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you oh, remember like yeah. every other time? Yeah. <laughs> anytime Weirdly. she's on screen, we're looking at her, her butt. It's It's not even just that. It's... The camera angles on her when she's like the like secondary like the main actions going on and then yeah. they're like flashing to her. They're for looking like at color it commentary. through the perspective of her. But butt. it doesn't match any other angle no. within the rest of the show, and it's like purely to get her butt in the show. Yeah, it's, it's like it's almost weird. like they were like, "There's no fan service in the show. Show her butt or something." Yeah, and it's like no, we could have just been fine without it. You know, it's, don't get me wrong, I like a good butt, but it's weird like it's, that. Yeah, it's it doesn't make sense in the context of the show in any regard. Um, I think I'm fine with ten points for. Story. I'm. I want to give it four. <laughs> you want to give it four? Okay. So let's. Uh, okay. I'm fine with that, but I want to know why. What? What do you? What to you is the difference between four and ten? What do so you? What, what do you? What are you cutting six points from? So, uh, like, even if you look at it as like concept is like a third of it, right? Right. Ten yeah, of yeah, yeah. the thirty points. Right? Like, it's a cool concept. It's not the most... Like, I I really like it, but, like, mm. there are a lot of worlds like that out there, right? Okay. There's, like, post-apocalyptic 
Tokyo in various versions with, like, gangs of teens roaming around doing various things. Like, right. this is a pretty cool take on it, and I like that. Um, but, you know, there's a ton of movies out there that are great ideas and poorly executed, and it sucks. Like, you know, I think back to, like, Push. Um, do you remember that movie with, like, Chris Evans? I don't think I saw that one. It was, like, supposed to be this, like, super cool... Uh, there was also the one with, um, the guy who plays Anakin Skywalker. Hayden Christensen? Yeah, the movie he did, like, Jumper or something. I don't know if I saw that one either. Yeah, they were, like, movies with, like, super cool, like, superhero-y type Oh, I did see Jumper. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then just super poorly, like, executed stories. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I... don't think you can give that much credit for having a good idea but not executing on it, right? Like, there's a million good ideas in Hollywood. Okay. But, like, only, you know, good, you know, well-executed good ideas get remembered. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm fine with four. I just wanted to, like, whenever I hear, like, instead of a ten, you're giving a four, like, I want to know what the difference is. So that's where I'm at with it. Okay, perfectly fine. Um, All right, so our subjective category... Best point to add, how many points out of your 10 points will you give Bubble? All right, so let's see. Out of, we're at 80 points right now, so we're at 47, 51 yeah. out of 81 points. Not a good score. Right, so the max it could get up, get up to is 71 mm-hmm. between the two of us. You know, I'm going to give it the score that I would give it personally out of 10. Okay. Which is a five. Okay. Excellent. I like the way you arrived at that conclusion. Um, I am also going to give it a five, but I think probably for different reasons. Um, The reason why I would give it a five is because was I, did I like the movie? Probably not. But like, (laughs) do I regret watching it? No. I thought that the story itself was interesting enough that I am glad I at least got, not the story, the setting itself was as interesting enough that I'm glad I at least had a chance to get exposed to it. Um, and I there were enough things about it that I liked that kept me from like turning it off. Like I didn't not I didn't watch it just for this episode. Um, and like that's the only reason I was watching it at a certain point. Um, so yeah, I'm willing to give it half marks. I think half marks out of my subjective points is 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 fine. See, what's interesting is like I think I would have enjoyed it more if I didn't have to watch it for the podcast. Really? Okay. Um, Because I think for this movie, I probably would have watched 30 minutes of it and been like, I'm getting bored. I Mm. don't want to watch any more of this. But it's a really cool looking movie and sounding movie. And, And I think that's like a good place to like come to at the end of it is like i i don't discourage people from watching it i Mm -hmm. think like take a look at it and like see if if it's what you want to watch you don't have to finish it yeah um but what are we at total so we are at a total of 61 points okay if my math is correct how do you should not trust that it is it is okay um how do you feel best boy justin about giving this a 61 out of 100 well okay so depending on what school district you went to a 61 is a d minus mm-hmm. right it's not failing but it's mm-hmm. not good mm-hmm. um and you know i think that's probably how i feel about this this movie 
Uh, I'm not willing to give it an F, yeah. but it was not executed to the degree that I would feel comfortable saying that it's a success. Um, so, I, I think to wrap this up for me, uh, I want to get back to the question that I kind of posed at the beginning of this is, like, what do you think? Like, did you like it? And, and if I'm going to give someone an answer about this movie, I'm going to say... It was really pretty, but it was boring. Yeah. And if they were like, should I watch it? I would say, have you watched Your Name? Have you watched, yeah. you know, uh, Howl's Moving Castle? You know, have you watched the Digimon movie? Yeah. Um, which, if you haven't have you watched... Wa- <laughs> if you have... Hold on. If you haven't watched the Digimon movie, <laughs> it's so good. Okay. Wait, have you, you watched the Digimon no, movie? No, you just got real aggressive about it. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. If you haven't watched the Digimon movie... Hold on. Welcome to the Best Boys Digimon podcast. I was just going to say something silly. I was just going to be like, if you haven't seen, like, fucking Keijo, like, here you have a soapbox. All right, let's go. Yo, the Digimon movie is so good. Watch the Digimon movie over this movie. <laughs> The fir- it's two movies the, in one. Okay, that's the clickbait title of this episode. Yo, okay, you get two movies in one. You get like a first short, and it's a giant um, Greymon battle, mm. right? So like, it's the story I think of like Young Tai seeing like Greymon for the first time, and it is like giant Deep. in the world, and like there's like a big fight between like him and a bird, and it's like a little short. It's awesome, but then. Uh, do you know what the Digimon movie is a ripoff of? No, what is it? War Games. Really? Yes. Like the eighties movie? Yes. Okay. But it's with um a sentient Digimon. Okay. Yeah, it's just War Games, but Digimon. Okay. And 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 you get the um ultimate fusion between like whatever like Greymon like top person is and the wolf one's like top person is. They mm. like fuse together to become like the most badass, awesome Digimon of good. Okay. So watch Digimon. Don't watch Bubble. <laughs> this is that's the clickbait title of this of this episode. Is like top ten animes you should watch. The top ten Digimon movies you should watch instead of Bubble. <laughs> one through and nine just, is all. It's just all the just the Digimon one. movie. <laughs> all right. Watch so it ten times. So that's Best Boy Dan's response. Watch the Digimon movie instead. Um, I think, yeah, I think 61, that uh, pretty fully encapsulates how I feel about this movie, and thus proves that the Best Boys rating system is infallible in all things, and we're going to start using it to write legislature in the near future. Yep. Alright. Let's get on it. Let's pitter-patter, let's get at her. How are you now? Good, and you? Deadly. <laughs> 